0: Welcome to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Piper, America's Land Auctioneer. Thank you all for joining us on this beautiful morning. We appreciate it. And also, just want to remind you, if you've missed any of our previous shows or podcasts, you can go to our website at com. click onto the radio show banner, America's Land Auctioneer. And you can get into any of our previous almost 70 plus or minus podcasts. And you can listen to those on either Spotify or Apple. In fact, uh, one of those is uh, you're going to be able to listen to John Benson with Heartland Trust, who just happens to be in studio with me today, because we're going to go through a refresher today. Talk about a few other things having to do with the increase in the value of real assets. John is a vice president and trust officer at Heartland Trust in Fargo. And we're going to be talking to him a little bit today, kind of as a refresher for all of us on what's going on in that part of the equation when it comes to buying and selling farmland and other assets. So John, good morning. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Yeah, appreciate it. John's, like I said, a vice president and trust officer for Heartland Trust in Fargo, and he's been a guest with us before. But before we get into our conversation with John, just wanna give everybody updates on what's going on in the farmland market because this is a basically a farmland show based on the farm America's farmland auctioneers. So we want to talk as much as we can about land values, land trends, and those types of things. But I think most of you have heard me over the last couple of months now say that, you know, in two thousand and twenty one, land values in our region, in the Dakotas, Montana Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, all the I-states, in fact, land values roughly raised, r- increased about 30% in value, 30% in value. We haven't seen these types of increases since the 2012, 13, 14 time frame when we had near the end of the great super cycle in American agriculture, but we're seeing those continued increases in values. Now, this year, we all thought and we all predicted that land values would likely stabilize or level off. Uh, But John, with the increase in uh, historic rise in inflation, obviously we've seen farmland values go up again this year, even on top of last year's 30%. Some areas actually, if you had pent up demand, land values rose nearly 40% last year. But John, we're seeing an increase this year. I don't know. I think a lot of that has to do with inflation, John. Wouldn't you think? Well, I think there's also a
1: lot of supply and demand. And there's not as much uh, assets out there available for farmers to purchase. And from that standpoint right now, and you're exactly right, Kevin, we're seeing that while many of our trusts or many of our relationships, the, uh, the clients want to keep that farmland as a legacy asset for the generations to come. In some situations, we are selling the farmland and utilizing your expertise in order to make that, uh, that transaction happen. And we are seeing record prices for the farmland that's being sold and then held in trust for the benefit of the beneficiaries.
0: Yeah, you're seeing a lot of people, uh, you know, obviously a lot of baby boomers that hold farmland, like you say, legacy assets, and and now trying to make a determination whether or not they should sell. And obviously we've talked about this over the, the last year or two too on this show, is, you know, obviously there, there are some capital gain uh, asset um, uh, tax liabilities there that everybody has to be concerned about. Somewhere in the neighborhood of anywhere from 15 to 25 percent, depending on your situation, because obviously capital gain taxes are they're basically on top of your adjusted gross income, so they're a part of that. So again, you could fall into a a little bit higher category than than you normally would, depending on again the gain of these assets. So again, we're talking about talked about that a number of times. In fact, just a few weeks ago, Jim Sabby and I were talking about it. You know, we've seen this huge run-up in farmland values, but you know, John, in 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 your, you know, at Heartland Trust, obviously, I don't I don't want you to, and I know you won't be talking about anybody in particular, but uh, you know, you've seen the assets and a lot of uh, trusts that you manage, agency accounts or whatever, seeing those rise rather significantly in your world of financial planning, doing trust work. Is is there is there a way that people can structure there not not only the transition of assets to the next generation but now that they can trans they can they can structure things so that you know they have less of a tax liability
1: oh there are many tools that are available for uh for clients kevin and we work with a number of fantastic attorneys who basically customize that uh, legacy planning for our clients but it's not always about the rate of return it's also about the amount of tax that we can help our clients avoid and there are certain situations where if structured correctly, you get the step up in basis that an individual's passing. So you're, available, you're able to kind of bypass uh, some of those capital gains taxes depending on when you have the sale or have that sale transaction for our clients. And so it's really important for us to sit down and meet with clients and understand what their short and long-term goals are and how we can work with their trusted partners, their CPA, the attorney, in order to make sure that we've got a, a structured plan for them that works for their unique situation.
0: You know, John, you mentioned uh, the stepped up basis. And just again, for our listeners, for those of you don't understand that a stepped up basis is basically a current valuation that you would get upon the death of a benefactor, the death of a parent, whatever it might be. So uh, for instance, if, if you have a farm family, uh, normally what will happen is at the death of the last survivor, the IRS will allow you a stepped up basis or a new valuation at the time of the last survivor's death. So for instance, if you, if you had farmland and it was valued at, let's just take a number at $3,000 an acre at the date of the last survivor's death, and you sold it for $3,500. The difference is $500 from what you sold it for and the new stepped up value, stepped up basis or the valuation. That's the amount that you would pay that capital gain tax on is the difference would be that five hundred dollars. And if it's at twenty percent and you pay a hundred dollars an acre, uh the eighty of the other eighty percent obviously would go to the seller. So again that's what we mean when we say stepped up basis. And John, you know, last year when Congress was trying to find a way to raise money, they had even talked at one point about getting rid of the stepped up basis clause.
1: You're exactly correct, Kevin, and that didn't happen and it hasn't happened yet, but that was part of the conversation that our legislative body was having about ways that they might be able to increase revenue to the government.
0: Can you imagine what would happen to the real estate industry if they got rid of that? It would be,
1: it would be extremely complicated and we be very detrimental.
0: Yeah. Well, there wouldn't be a lot of property change in hands. Probably most people would probably just try and hang on to it. You're exactly correct. You know, so when you think about it, you know, you got all that to consider. Well, John is, uh, John, John Benson, uh, again, vice president and senior trust officer at Heartland Trust. Works primarily with personal trust administration, obviously charitable trust, IRA rollovers, investments in real estate settlement type work. John, in, in your world now, uh, given the environment that we're in, whether it's the economic, political environment, whatever it might be, what are a lot of the phone calls that you are getting now from clients or potential clients?
1: Well, what we're seeing right now is that there's a a lot more interest in the fixed income sector with what we're seeing for inflation and interest rates coming up. And there's a lot more conversation or interest in making sure that we maintain uh, farmland ownership as an income stream for a legacy asset. So what we're seeing is that we are not necessarily in that equity market where there's more volatility. People are more content and happy owning that farmland or that real estate going forward as the asset that's been generating and in appreciating generating income and appreciating in value uh, for four or five you know generations in some cases.
0: you know you you touched on interest rates a little bit. you know we just recently here within the last week now saw uh, the Federal Reserve uh, increase the prime lending rate uh, to four point seven five percent. Keep in mind, folks, you know in march sixteen on March sixteenth of two thousand and twenty we are three and a quarter percent. And then of course, in, in March of this year, we went up to three and a half. We had another increase. Now we're up to 4.75%. So John, this is having an impact on, on, on everybody, you know, off air. We earlier this morning, we were talking about, you know, how that affects a lot of people, but really when you think about it, historically probably really not a bad lending rate if you can lock it in. Uh, but I would imagine that what you are seeing now as a trust officer and and the management of assets, what Heartland does, uh, you know, obviously every single day for people, that these dynamics now are having, you know, everybody is, is having to take a, a new look or a different look or look at things with a different uh, set of lenses as to how you're going to be managing some of these probably more liquid assets.
1: Yeah, you're exactly correct. And we have more opportunities now with some of those liquid assets as you as you look at cash, money market, or short-term or short-term funds that might need to be needed for an operating loan or something else of that nature, because there is some return now that can be found that wasn't
0: available as recently as two to three years ago. Do you anticipate, and again, this is more of a speculation type question. Do you anticipate the, uh, the federal reserve taking more interest rate hikes through the balance of this year? That's really tough to
1: say, Kevin. Um, we, the, the three basis points or 75 basis points that, uh, that we just uh, experienced is a little bit out of the norm for the Federal Reserve. Usually they only increase that at a uh, at 25 basis points a time. But they're seeing that inflation is something that they're really trying to get a control of. We might see the pendulum swing too far the other way. But what they're really trying to do is kind of curb what potential inflation might be there. And so we will continue to watch what they're doing and uh, react ap- appropriately for our clients.
0: Folks, you're listening to John Benson, Vice President and Senior Trust Officer at Heartland Trust in Fargo, North Dakota. Does an exceptional job working with clients when it comes to trust work and other types of asset management. So we appreciate John being in studio today. John uh, is a frequent guest at our farmland seminars and has been well-received over the last number of years at those. And we appreciate his participation in those folks you're listening to America's Land Auctioneer. I need to recognize our sponsors at Piper's Auction and Realty and Farm Farmland Management and Piper's Auctioneer for sponsoring our show every single week. And they also sponsor our podcast, and we certainly do appreciate it. If you want to reach any of the farm land auctioneers, farm equipment auctioneers, and real estate agents or their farm land managers at Piper's, you can call them toll free. 877-700-4099 or you can email them at info at pipers.com nobody does it better folks you're listening to America's Land Auctioneer I'm Kevin Pfeiffer we'll be right back after this break
2: $1,000, $1, $50,000 $1, where it's $1, $1,750 here now soap so wait for 1700 $1, dollars
0: Welcome back to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Pfeiffer, America's Land Auctioneer, joined by John Benson, Senior Trust Officer and Vice President at Heartland Trust in Fargo, North Dakota, joining us today. Appreciate John being in studio. He's agreed to be with us our entire show today. So uh, thank you again, John, for being with us. Folks, we're talking about a lot of different things today. We're touching on inflation a little bit, interest rates, but we're going to get into some of the meat here in a little bit. Uh, But I recently was reading some articles about, you know, how the pandemic spurred a lot of people into doing their uh, interests and their interest in estate planning, which obviously includes a will and and other legal documents that that addresses end of life type considerations. So a lot of people were digging into that. But uh, uh, nonetheless, uh, fewer than 46 percent of U.S. adults have a will, according to a Gallup poll that was done a year ago. So I, I find that interesting, John. We all talk about it. We all think about it. Uh, and we never think it's going to be necessary because we don't think that time, that end of life type thing is coming to us. But it is a big part, John, of, of financial planning, economic planning. And I like, what you, I like the words you use, the legacy assets, and how do we protect those for our families?
1: You're exactly correct. And some of the conversations that, uh, that we have with our clients, the, uh, there's a human nature component of doing a will and the finality of what that represents. But what we usually work with our clients is talking to them about the reality of the situation and how it is so much better for them and their family if they have a comprehensive plan put together. And so, as you, as you highlighted, uh, when we work with our clients, it's not just about the financial resources that they have, but it's how they want their loved ones to be cared for after they're gone and making sure that there's a plan in place to ensure that they've got the best advocacy, and protection of those assets that they've worked so hard for.
0: You know, th- that's a, that's a big part of everybody's DNA, especially in this part of the world. When you think about it, you know, a lot of people around here, they, they own real, a- real, real assets. So it's farmland, it's equipment, might be a an office building or it might be an industrial building or whatever. But I mean, when you, when you think about all of the wealth in this area, John, all the way from oil country to, the red river valley and and even into minnesota south dakota uh there becomes kind of you don't want it to be a juggling act is the way i put it you want it to be a well-designed plan and that's something that you guys do at heartland very very well you actually interview your clients and then from there determining on you know based on what they have for assets and you know what levels they're at because we know that death tax level i want you to touch on a little bit, bit but it's really important to have that planning done well in advance.
1: You're exactly correct. And, and most of our clients have multiple different assets. They're well diversified. They might have farmland. They might have commercial real estate. They might have investment stocks, bonds, mutual funds. They might have cash, and they might have other real assets, airplanes, horses, livestock, whatever else it might be. And within a trust company, you can manage all of those assets underneath one umbrella. And you have one person that knows exactly where everything is at and can coordinate those activities. Uh, When you sit down and take a look at, and we talked about it earlier in the segment, the increased in valuation of farmland has also caused us to go back and reevaluate and make sure that we're current with evaluations for our clients as these values are pushing a number of our clients over that $12 million per individual or $24 million married couples for estate tax. And once we get over those thresholds, we need to make sure that we've got the proper planning in place to ensure that there are not any other additional or unnecessary taxes that are paid and that we've got a good plan to be able to manage those assets for the next generation.
0: What is a, what is a typical, and it probably isn't a typical, but what is a typical, you know, what, let's say once you get your will in place and then you move into the trust world that you're in, I mean, there are a lot of different trusts you can put in place, but what would be the most common type trust that you would design?
1: Well, usually, again, an example would be wills tend to be more transactional. So at that particular point, when an individual passes, that if you've got a will that doesn't have a trust component of it, those assets are distributed right directly to the heirs. And then at that point, that asset becomes open and available and subject to risk for those heirs, like divorce, like litigation, like lawsuits and all those other activities, plus also mismanagement. So what we're seeing a lot of our clients do is put those assets in trust for those benefits for those beneficiaries, excuse me. And so they might have an individual that's continuing to farm that farmland or they might have a family that's no longer actively farming and that's when we partner with you to have that farm management so we've got the expertise making sure that we're doing the very best we possibly can with those resources for those those beneficiaries. And so that's where you see a trust is that legacy planning that allows them to have an advocate in place that's there to guide them through their lifetime and beyond. And so a trust can actually go out into the second and third generations, leaving a legacy that many of our clients can't even imagine.
0: So you talked about the, well, we call it the death tax, the estate or, you know, the, the amount that if you're under that amount, what is it? 24 million you said for married? If, if married, it's just a little over 24 million. 24 million and single, it's 12 million, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So when you think about it, if, if you're, if you, if you, you know, you, you might've woke up here two years ago and you're going, geez, I'm not anywhere close. And now we see a 40% run up in farmland values. And all of a sudden you're likely over the 12 million if you're single or 24 million, if you're married or whatever it might be. I mean, it doesn't take long to get there if you have farmland assets or equipment assets or whatever. But again, uh, that number can creep up on you in a hurry. But are there any trust John or anything that in, in your world that can be structured that you can go over that amount or that I don't want to use the word manipulate, but yep. that you can legally use, uh, let's say for instance, if you were single and you had 17 million and if you set up your trust, right, could, could you somehow defer or avoid that tax? If you structured it properly,
1: single is a little difficult, yeah. but when you've got a married couple, there's a, there's, a, it's called a spousal lifetime access trust. And there are things that our attorneys are doing for the benefit of our clients but that's where it's really important for us to understand what their vision is, what their hopes and dreams for the future are, and what they would like to see happen. But when you take a look at a Spousal Lifetime Access Trust, that's an opportunity for our clients to set aside $12 million at today's valuation. I think what's important to know is that the valuation today for an individual is $12 million, but it's set to sunset and go back to potentially lower values in the future. And so right now we can take advantage of the highest exclusionary amount that we've had to record. And we might be able to set up a structure or a plan right now to capture that opportunity today
0: that might not be there tomorrow. How does that special lifetime access trust work? So, so again, if you're over the 24 million, would that, is that something that would be useful for a couple? So
1: what, what you usually see in that situation is you have a valuation of an asset that's put into that special lifetime access trust. So basically what you're, enabling is you're capturing that $12 million while you have it today and you're putting that in trust and that's allowing us to exclude that from a valuation. Um, once you have, again, you get later on in life. And so right now it's able to capture that gifting or that, that uh, contribution of that asset or those assets, multiple assets at that $12 million level today, even if it goes back down to 6 million, five and a half million or whatever Congress and their legislative body takes us to in the future.
0: So then, upon the the date of the last survivor's death, and that would that uh, special lifetime access trust then expire at that time? or
1: it would be excluded at that particular time, and if it's in trust, it would be managed for the benefit of the beneficiaries going forward at that particular time. But it allows you to capture that twelve million dollars today, knowing that in the future that uh, that federal estate exemption might be lower, you've already realized and captured it at a higher value at a great and significant benefit, especially tax benefit to our clients.
0: Folks, you're listening to John Benson, Senior Trust Officer and Vice President of Heartland Trust. If you're looking at having any of this type of work done, I, I'd suggest you give him a call. He's providing some very valuable information. Hey, and a free of charge today. So you're getting uh, you're getting it right from John Benson. And John, he participates in a lot of Pfeiffer's Farmland Seminars providing this same type of information. So, hey folks, so all of us can do it the right way. We want to make sure uh, that we do it right. We're in the business of not doing it fast, but in the business of doing it the right way. I think it was Vince Lombardi said that uh, you don't do some, some of the things right. Some of the time you do all of the things right all of the time. And if you can, if you can incorporate that into your life, you're leaps and bounds ahead of me. But uh, I think it's something that all of us need to think about. Folks, you're listening to America's land auction here. I'm Kevin Pfeiffer. I want to thank all of our friends at, auction Auction Realty and Piphers Farmland Management for sponsoring our show. You can reach them at 877-700-4099. And if you've got any questions for John, I'll relay those to John and we'll get back to you on any questions you may have or email us at info at Folks, you're listening to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Pfeiffer. We'll be right back after this break.
2: we're here now, 10 via 12 at the of the-
0: Welcome back to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Piper, America's Land Auctioneer. I want to thank all of you for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Certainly appreciate everybody being with us. And, and also, if you want to listen to any of our previous radio shows, you could go to our podcast. All you need to do is go to com. At the top banner of the Piffers website is America's Land Auctioneer Radio Show. And once you click into there, you can go listen to any of our previous podcasts. And you can do that on either Apple or Spotify. Some great information. In fact, our guest today, John Benson with Heartland Trust, is uh, was with us about a year ago and had some really valuable information and in a little bit here, we're gonna be talking a little bit more about how important it is to put this comprehensive plan together so that you can avoid uh, so not you know, litigation or hard feelings or anything in the future, but really, really important for you to be able to have all of that in place. So, but before we do that, uh, a couple of things I want to do, I want to dive into here a little bit and just a reminder for everybody that, you know, farmland values obviously at all time highs, but you know, the PIFERS organization, which sponsors this show, they have a number of farmland auctions coming up in Renville County uh, farmstead over in, in Minot, North Dakota. A uh, ton of equipment auctions coming up, but also farmland 300 acres in Grant County, uh, residential lots in Tioga, Moorhead, Horace, uh, North Dakota. Really nice acreage and farmstead in Barnes County uh, near Valley City, North Dakota. And then over in Minnesota, an exceptional quarter of land over by Wheaton and Travers County. And and then back over into Steele County, over in the Finley area, Burke County, Towner County, uh, farm equipment out West again. And then in Ransom County, probably one of the nicest pieces of hunting land and recreational land that the Pfeiffer's organization has sold in tw- nearly 25 years. That's coming up in early August, 115 acres over in Ransom County. So again, a lot of opportunities coming up. You get into their website, they get, you know, Forty, fifty 50 auctions coming up here, but their farmland managers, their farm real estate agents and their land auctioneers be glad to talk to you about any of these properties coming up. Or if you're interested in selling your farmland or your farm equipment or construction equipment, you can give their auctioneers a call. Nobody does it better. But in the meantime, we're talking with John Benson, senior trust officer and vice president at Heartland trust. John does a great job walking individuals and families through this, uh, Process of putting together a comprehensive plan, uh, like he said, the will is kind of your transactional document, but then putting that trust into place. And and John, I know a lot of people in our part of the world, like you, talked about the legacy assets, the real assets. You know, they really get a concern about. Okay, I worked my entire lifetime trying to build up this asset base. I have this large number of assets that are performing. Maybe some aren't performing. Maybe it's a lake house or whatever, but. I want to do all I can to preserve that, John, so that I don't end up or my heirs don't end up giving 20, 30, 40% of away to the federal government when I die.
1: Well, there's a lot of different ways that uh, people put a plan together. And you're exactly right, Kevin. It's really important uh, to sit down and understand what's important to you. And I, our goal at Heartland Trust Company is to keep family, finances, and farm together. And at that particular point, what we're trying to do is avoid some of the conflicts or some of the challenges that many families face when dealing with estates, large and small. It's amazing, unfortunately, what sometimes money does to individuals. And inheritance is a gift, it's not a right. But from our perspective, it's important to talk to those family members who have worked so hard to build up these assets to understand what their goals and visions are for them they understand their family better than anybody else. And so fair is not always equal and equal is not always fair from a standpoint of making sure that we're protecting those assets for the benefit of the beneficiaries. Some, some children or some heirs manage their money better than others. Some have certain dynamics like addictions and other challenges that they need that need to be dealt with. If you take a look at, unfortunately, in society today, almost half of our relationships end in divorce. And so how can we pack, you know, protect those family assets from being lost in a divorce situation? So there's many different strategies and things that we sit down and talk to our clients about, about not only planning for today, but planning for what tomorrow looks like. And the ability to have a trust or to have a relationship or an advocate like a Heartland Trust Company is that you've got somebody to walk along with those individuals that can be that advocate if you can't be there, whether it be for your spouse whether it be your, for your kids or grandkids or, or that generation that hasn't even been born yet. And with a lot of our families that we work with, the assets that they have can be multi-generational when you take a look at, especially when you're seeing what the increases in valuations are on the farmland and what we're seeing on the increases and what you're experiencing you know, for us in, in lease valuations that are continuing to grow for the benefit of those beneficiaries that will be there after you pass or if something were to happen to you via stroke or via some other, uh, life altering event, so that you've got an advocate there for your loved ones.
0: You know, it's interesting. You brought up the, uh, difference between being fair and equal. You know, I've always used that, you know, in my own situation with my kids, I say, I keep telling them that no matter what it might be for, uh, whether it's uh, you give them a gift or whether you're taking them on a trip or whatever, uh, you can never treat everybody equally. You can treat them fairly, but not equally. Uh, that becomes a balancing act and that there's discretion built into that.
1: There is, and there's opportunity, but we take a look at it and and, and look at it from a farmland perspective. Pasture land is not worth the same thing that, that uh, tillable land is. And so when we sit down and we take a look at it, we look at it from an equitable situation, but also from a standpoint of understanding and recognizing who the heirs are, who the beneficiaries are and understanding some of those challenges that each individual family faces. And so it's important for us to sit down and be very honest and transparent about what we see those challenges or what we see those situations to be and what we see for relationships that might be uh, present in the future that we need to address or at least make plans for so that we can protect those family assets and keep those in the family bloodline for generations to come.
0: You know, I would imagine there gets to be uh, certain assumptions that are built in for all of us. Uh, We may think that, okay, well, uh, my son, he may, he may want the four quarters of cropland. Uh, my other son, well, he's not really interested in cropland. We'll, we'll give him the, the stock portfolio or the lake home or whatever. Uh, but how important is it that, that the, the parents, the mom and the dad or whoever it might be, um, that they communicate with their heirs, you know, well in advance and, and say, okay, you know, what is your interest? What would you prefer? Or is that a process that people should actually go through? It is a process, and for each family, it's different. And so each
1: family knows how an individual or a beneficiary or an heir might react when they know what might potentially be there. But from our situation, we'll facilitate family meetings to have these conversations to be as transparent as, as mom or dad or grandma or grandpa would like it to be. Especially when you look at farm succession planning, it's really important to figure out for those family members that are going to continue to farm that operation, what the operation or the farm operation can support from a standpoint of transitioning the asset from one generation to the next. But from that standpoint, yes, from our, when we have conversations, it's important for us to understand what's, what our clients would like to see happen uniquely to their situation. and, And we can facilitate or, or have those family meetings if they believe that that's in the best interest. I'll be very candid with you some of our clients elect to have that kept close to the best they want they want that information to be um, dealt with when they get to a point where they're passing and that information is shared you know in the wheel of the trust document at that particular time I have found that it's beneficial for people to understand and to know what's going on so each situation is unique and we'll handle that as best fit by our clients
0: you know, it's interesting, uh, obviously, you know, we deal with a lot of baby boomers that pay selling their farmland or whatever it might be, but you know, there's a, a lot of the situations more so than not that we deal with the heirs own an undivided interest in farmland. And I have always said that, you know, that, that becomes more times than not a challenge because whether it's a small family of two, four kids, five, six, seven kids or whatever, There's always going to be somebody that doesn't want to sell, always going to be someone that wants to sell. So I've become a strong advocate over the almost 25 years I've been selling farmland and managing farmland that it's almost better if you can to establish a divided interest in that farmland portfolio. Now that comes down to the point, okay, I can't be dime for dime equal. I can be fair and I can get close to the valuation, but, uh, it's easier then because then each child, each heir can do what they want to do with their farmland rather than try and get a collective group of seven kids or whatever to try and determine whether or not they want to sell it or keep it. You're exactly correct uh, from that standpoint, but
1: also in the situation that we take a look at that where that's not possible or that's not what our clients want. What we talk about is how can we be proactive because what what by nature, what happens the, the individual that wants to sell, wants the highest valuation they possibly can get the individual that wants to buy, wants it to be the lowest. So what we proactively do is we work with mom and dad and say, what is a fair formula for us to use to determine that valuation? Is it two independent appraisals? And it's the average of both. We want to make sure that there's a formula so that we don't have the kids fighting over those valuations and we can keep Christmas celebrations and family events together. And so you're exactly correct. There are certain ways that we can craft those documents or change title and ownership or have formulas in place so that we can keep, like we talked about the family finances and farm together.
0: Folks, you're listening to John Benson, the trust officer, senior trust officer and vice president at Heartland trust in Fargo, North Dakota. Tell you what, if you need somebody in that realm of your world, give him a call. Uh, if you want to, you can reach out to us and you can call us at 877-700-4099 or you can email us at info at pipers.com. Folks, before we go into our last break of the morning, I want to thank our sponsors at Pipers Auction and Realty, Pipers Farmland Management and Pipers Auctioneer for sponsoring our show every week and also for sponsoring our podcast Nobody does it better than the group at Pipers. Folks, you're listening to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Piper. We'll be right back after this break.
2: And I'm going to get a new number 35, and I have sold it to you right there. Good bird. Just great. Bye. been on here now fifty thousand dollar bid dollars 30, $30,
0: Welcome five, back five, to america's land auctioneer I'm Kevin Pfeiffer, America's land auctioneer. I want to welcome you all back to our final segment and I'm so glad that John Benson with Heartland Trust, Trusty, senior vice uh, president vice president senior trust officer, he's agreed to stick around here for the final segment. It's always good to have John in here, and we've been talking a lot of, about Trust planning, putting together your will, and that type of thing, and you know surprised that you know and I'm probably as guilty as anybody about getting this will in place or updated or whatever it might be, but not even fifty percent of adults in America have anything like that in place, but you know it's really important folks that you you do try and put that together get get your will in place, set up your trust if that's what you want to do, whatever it might be, and then also, like John said, you know have a have a discussion with your potential heirs about you know, how you're going to set things up. And we've talked about the difference between being fair and equal and how that all works. But folks, I can tell you from personal experiences for selling, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of farmland in my career that I, I really think when it comes right down to it, you really should be taking a really hard look at, you know, how you're going to do that, whether it's a undivided interest or divided interest or whatever it might be. But John, I do have a question for you. You talked a little bit about valuation and in, in some of these trusts and things too. Uh, how important is it or how often should these assets be revalued, whether it's an appraisal, broker opinion, or whatever, so they get valued, whether it's equipment or farmland?
1: Um, From our standpoint, we're looking at that annually. So when we have an annual meeting with our clients, we're bringing up the new valuations that happen to be there. And we're not just looking at the investable assets or the balances in in the uh, bank accounts, but we're also taking a look proactively at what the valuations have grown to whether it be in the equipment, which we've seen record prices in the auctions that you've held, or within the farmland to making sure that our clients aren't breaking some of those thresholds that might create some tax consequences for them. So from our standpoint, it's part of our it's part of our annual meeting that we have with our clients every year is we're just reevaluating where we were at last year, where we're at this year, and being proactive with any, ch- with any challenges or, or changes that we might need to make.
0: So it's not necessarily going out and get a, let's say if it's farmland, you don't have to necessarily go out and get a, new certified general appraiser, appraiser to come in every year and do it. You can do it based off of trends or whatever it might be. We're basing
1: it off of trends and the information that we have with all the other sales. We're also, we do the same thing with cash rent. And that's why when we've talked about many times before, information is power. And, and so from that standpoint, the information and knowledge that we're able to gather from whether it be the, uh, the increased in, uh, in rent rates or the increased in land valuations due to the estate sales or the sales that we've had, we use that as a guideline. And so when we talked about some of the increases that we experienced in a short period of time last year, we had almost a 30% increase in that six month time period. When we were doing annual meetings, we use those valuations of those approximate increases knowing, you know, from a standpoint we're making the best decisions that we can with the knowledge and information we have at that particular time.
0: How about a small business, John? You know, we've been talking a lot about farm families and that type of thing too. Uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of farmers actually have small businesses too. But We've got a lot of, you know, basically small businesses drive America. They drive it more so than corporate America. Uh, just take a look at the number of small businesses that we have in this country, in particular in our region. But, you know, obviously for the small business owner, uh, you, know, you know, obviously they have, they have certain liquidity, they have real assets in that too. So again, for, for people that are in that particular realm, it's very important that they put something in place and also some succession planning.
1: Well, succession planning is very important and we have those conversations. And again, that's where we try to be the largest advocate that we possibly can for our clients. And we ask some of the difficult questions. And so when you take a look at business succession planning, it's no different than what you're having, whether it be, um, uh, small businesses on main street, which are driving America, or if it's, you know, in the farm families, it's important to have a conversation about what does that look like? And so if something were to happen to an heir, what does it look like to be in partnership with the, uh, with the spouse? is that something that the business could function underneath or is that going to create challenges that we have to address and should be addressed in a buy-sell agreement that the family should have. And that's why it's really important that when we sit down with, and work with our clients, we have the vast knowledge and experience of walking through many other different families with similar type situations, but recognizing that each situation is unique to that family and making sure that we're working with our trusted partners, the attorneys and the CPAs and also making sure that they have the expertise they give us the guidance and the directions that we need so that we can protect them to the best of our
0: ability. Folks, you can't afford not to be doing some of this. It's important that you think about this. Uh, You know, a lot of us, you know, we procrastinate, we put it off, we put it off. Uh, John, we don't have a whole lot of time left here this morning, but you know, what are some of the, you know, and again, it comes down to risk management. It comes, you know, managing the tax, uh, the tax risks and all that and other types of liability too. But what is, what are two or three of the most common mistakes that you see that families either make or they fail to make? Uh, The biggest thing
1: that we see is, and we get pointed by the court a lot to step in to help in the family dynamics. So if you don't have a will, the state has a will for you, you know, from that particular standpoint. But what you also see at that point is a lot of volatility, a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, a lot of challenges without having a plan in place. People don't know what to do. They don't know who's responsible for what. And it creates a lot of expense and unnecessary hardship that doesn't need to be there. And so when you talk a lot, there's a lot of very bright and intelligent people that are in that 50% that just don't have a will or haven't had a conversation about what is inevitable. And so from that particular standpoint, the biggest thing that we can see is how can we help keep the family together by making a plan and by making sure that your wishes are known and a trust gives you the opportunity in theory to speak from the grave but to provide legacy assets and legacy guidance to those future generations because there are significant assets that will go from one generation to the next and it needs to be handled in a very smart, intelligent and efficient manner. So the biggest thing that I would say is, is not having a plan. And the second thing is, is how can you avoid the court mitigation or how can you avoid those volatile situations where you've got siblings fighting over resources, fighting over assets, fighting over dollars. Mom and dad worked too hard, or grandma and grandpa worked too hard to create a situation or scenario where you've got fighting over these assets and that's where we talk about inheritance as a gift, it's not a right. And so making sure that your wishes and your, uh, your intentions or your visions are known and putting those plans down in writing so that you have the ability to execute on those documents and protect those heirs that need protection or protecting that family legacy or those family assets and keeping that in the bloodline as long as possible from that standpoint so that the assets that you work so hard for, are not wasted through mismanagement, are not lost to addiction, are not lost to other family dynamics or challenges that are there.
0: Folks, you're listening to John Benson, Vice President and Senior Trust Officer at Heartland Trust in Fargo, North Dakota. John, you've been a great guest today. Certainly appreciate it. Always enjoy listening to you. I learned so much. What's the best way for our people to get a hold of you? I know they can go to heartlandtrust.com. You guys got a great team there, obviously starting with the Halverson family and, and many, many other talented and experienced people there. But what's the best way for people to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, we've got a wonderful organization that's deep-rooted in the farm community with the Halverson family, but uh, I can be reached at 701 uh, I can also be reached via email at uh, jon at com jon at com. And we'd be glad to help out with any conversations that uh, that clients have about what the best course of action or to answer any questions that that they might have in order to be making sure that we can advocate for them to the best of our ability.
0: Folks, you can listen to to John all over again on podcast at pifers.com just go to the radio show banner and you can click on to that if you want to re-listen to the entire show today or the show he was on about a year ago he had some again great information a lot of it's timely because you know really haven't seen a whole lot of changes in the law since he was on a year ago either but again john thank you for being here appreciate it
1: glad to be here kevin thank you very much
0: yeah appreciate it as always and go to HeartlandTrust.com. you can look at their whole team of talented individuals there and that whole team does a great job Folks, you've been listening to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Pfeiffer. I want to thank all of our sponsors at Pfeiffer's Auctioneers, Pfeiffer's Auction and Realty, and Pfeiffer's Farmland Management for sponsoring our show today and all of our podcasts on Apple and Spotify. If you want to get a hold of the team at Pfeiffer's or if you'd like me to transfer any uh, questions that you may have or comments to John Benson, you can do that by calling 877-700-4099 and just ask for Kevin Pfeiffer or email us at info at Piffers.com. We'll make sure the right person gets your question or your comment so we can get that taken care of for you. Folks, and if you want to t- talk to any of the Pipers farmland managers, real estate a- agents, or auctioneers, they'll do a free consultation if you want to sell or buy any property or equipment. Folks, you've been listening to America's Land Auctioneer. I'm Kevin Piper. We'll look forward to being with you again next week.